Hey, it's Rez, and I'm hanging out with Rob on Front Row Live. Rez, what's up? Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I'm super excited to be talking to you, and I'm super excited for this upcoming EP. It's not a phase, and this one really speaks to my like younger music uh, festival-going kind of music lover. Um, and I feel like you nailed it with this with this EP. Um, I really want to dive in and talk about that creative process of this and just like kind of figuring out like this goth theme EP, like what really kickstarted that idea for you in the first place? Well, I grew up listening to a bunch of bands and stuff growing up. Like that was like my first intro to music, really. Like that was the first music I ever got into. That was actually prior to electronic music. And um, I've kind of sprinkled some of that punk like esque type music throughout the last few years like here and there but it just so happened that I just kept making a bunch of stuff like that this past few, one like a year and a half like when I create music and like projects and albums like I don't really plan that it's going to go a certain way I just make whatever feels natural in that time and then kind of put it all together and like release it as a project uh, and that's what happened this year and this last year was I, I just kind of kept making a lot of punky kind of tunes like it just like naturally happened so I was like might as well just make a project around this and call it it's not a phase and just kind of like even change my hair up for it and like have like you know my glass like my hypnotic glasses with like a new hairstyle not for like I'm not going to be performing like that and stuff but it was just more so like of a you know just like a visual representation of like my character integrating into this sort of sound um and yeah that's basically that like I was just always inspired I, I I was always I think subconsciously inspired by punk music and the melodies like I love guitars so much and uh like the, the sounds of guitars and certain melodies like that and I think yeah it just super it came super naturally for me so this was like the perfect opportunity to kind of like put it all together. I love the fact that um it, it's not just the music that kind of like evolved with this EP was it was it the music that would you say that the music came first before the evolution of you know the style that you kind of mentioned like the hair the glasses or do you feel like that was something that just kind of naturally both of them just naturally happened together I feel like it happened together it was like super weird like it just like I like naturally started making certain like a certain like you know kind of like the punky style type music while also I randomly started wearing my hair natural um, which was like a huge change for me because like, if you know me that then, you know, that I've been straightening my hair for like literally like 14 years of my life. And like every single show I play my hair straightened and stuff. And like, it's actually like, that was actually a huge change for me to like actually wear my hair naturally. Um, because it just saves so much time, first of all, and I'm not afraid of rain anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Cause like rain would just like mess my hair up so bad and like different weather, like temperature. So that was just that just happened randomly. I just like randomly, I like wore my hair naturally. And then someone was like, like they liked what it looked like. And then I was like, really? And then I kept like, I was, I kind of hated it for a long time. And then I was like, actually it's, 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 it's all right. And then I kind of like learned to really uh, embrace it and embrace the kind of natural, like the, just like the natural look. And then, and then ironically was also making like music. Like, I feel like it kind of naturally has a bit of like a punky aesthetic. And then naturally it was like making punky music. It's like, yeah, it's just simply, this is like an era, you know what I mean? Like this is an era and it's like everything came together as one for this, you know? So for you as a producer, like what kind of impact does this kind of evolution in sound and style have on you during the recording process or the creative process, like as you are trying to like design new sounds? 
I mean, it definitely, I feel like there was like a, such a massive learning curve with this EP and it, it's something that I haven't noticed in a long time. Like for like, when I first started making music at like 18, I had this huge learning curve where I was like learning so much at once. And it's like so much progress was happening really fast. And then I feel like for like years, it was kind of just like, I learned something new here and there for the most part, I kind of had like a, a method and it was just kind of like working for me and that's all fine. Then with this EP, I had to really relearn a lot of stuff. Um, first of all, uh, as a producer, something I would always do with my like electronic tracks is have like a bunch of stuff on the master. Um, there's like a ton of, you know, just like a mastering chain like that I would keep on almost every single project I would start. And with this EP, I couldn't, I learned very quickly that I couldn't really do that because if if I did, that would mean the vocals that I would get would also like run through this master. And like the guitars I received would also run through this master and like distort everything and make everything sound like just bad kind of like it just wasn't it, like basically my point is that the mastering channel I had grown so used to using wasn't working for this kind of style of music so I had to like relearn how to basically produce a whole different way in regards to like not having my like comfort mastering chain that would like automatically brighten things automatically make things sound fatter automatically makes thing, things sound wider I had to take like a, a whole new sort of like raw approach with this and it really changed the way I make music. Um, it really changed the way I mix music, the way I master music. I think the old mastering chain I used to use is like for my all my electronic songs. It's still useful and I'll still use it for my electronic songs. So if I want to go make like a crazy heavy like bass sounding song, then I can still go back to that master. But when it comes to like creating music with other vocalists, other, you know, live instruments that are being recorded or, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, wow, like I really have to like just learn new techniques to make things sound fatter as opposed to just like, like, you know, slapping on this, like this master preset uh, chain that I would always use. So yeah, it made me evolve a lot, you know, like it's just made me like learn a lot more about like, it made me have to learn, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, well, I have no choice with this, like a vocal I got set. For example, there's this song with Johnny Goth called Blurry Eyes, like his vocal, when I listened to it raw versus when I had my like all my distortion and like mastering chain on it, it's just like literally night and day, like his raw vocal is so clear and like, it sounds so good and like anything uh, uh anything like effects that I had as a, as a preset weren't working for that so yeah basically I'm kind of rambling about that but yeah I learned I had to like relearn a lot of my sort of mixing and like mastering techniques um and in general like there was just like a lot more like live instruments recorded and a lot of um yeah just like a lot of just new sort of new things I had to do yeah. And so, yeah, I guess this could like pave the way for you if you wanted to just like track bands in the future, like just be a producer for bands without like being part of the, uh, like, the actual sound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about like the tracking aspect doesn't sound the most fun to me, but it's, <laughs> it, it, it's not that that sounds fun to me. But in general, collaborating and producing for other people sounds really fun for me, like just in regards to like the actual like composing of songs, like mm. not necessarily being the one to record someone. I think, you know, there's people who I think think their their expertise is recording uh vocalists and so if that's their expert expertise like let the like you know it's like a mastering engineers uh so good at mastering like let the like let certain people like do their job and do the best like you know like not be afraid to like reach out for help in that regard um like I don't record people's vocals you know what I mean like they send me their processed vocals and I usually allow the singers to 
singers or their or the singers engineers to process their vocals because they're gonna know best of how they want their vocals to sound you know what I mean I'm just more of like a producer person like composer like ideas putting the ideas together I actually mix and master like almost all of my songs um there's been like only a few that I've ever had mixed or mastered by someone else but the end of the day it's just so subjective uh what you think is like a good mixer or master so I do usually like to like just do things myself but but yeah what went into kind of figuring out what what vocalist you were going to add to this EP uh it literally just happens naturally I will like randomly find music I like or um I mean let me even take a look at like some of the so let me re- refresh my memory of like some of the artists that are on here I mean First of all, Grabbits, like I've known him for so long now. Uh, we've known each other since like like for seven years, probably longer than that. But we know each other for a long time. We made this old song, this older song called Someone Else. I knew I wanted to like, I sent him over this instrumental. I knew that we would like make something really sweet with it. Um, and yeah, I just like, I'm actually quite particular about vocals, to be honest. Like I, w- I definitely wouldn't just make a song with any vocalist. Like even if someone was like a super, super huge like pop star, um that doesn't really matter to me because it's like even if they're super super like famous or like popular like that doesn't matter because it's like if I don't like the voice then I can't be inspired by it at all you know what I mean and like I have been like bent a little bit in the past where I did stretch myself out and collaborate with artists that I didn't particularly love their voice but I still I still like let it like let it go and like I think it's fine to do that sometimes but yeah, with the, with these uh, with these specific songs, I just really genuinely love like all the vocals on it. Um, it's just like people I've just like known about for a while, or with Johnny Goth, for example. I'm like a super big fan of his music, um, and I was just a fan. Like I just like loved his stuff. I like reached out to him, and I was just like, hey, like we should make something. And we made something so fast. It was like such an amazing, quick, easy process, and like we just like connect so much musically. And uh, yeah, and I've like worked with. Sid a few times on a bunch of songs and I've worked with Raven I didn't work with Raven before but basically Raven was a friend of one of my friends and she like randomly sent me some music and then I was like oh this song's super sweet but the instrumental that was sent was like sounding very unfinished to me and I was like oh send me the like acapella and I'll just like redo this entire thing and do something from scratch and I did that one extremely quickly in like a day as well so just like, I don't know, things just kind of come together if I feel like inspired by someone's vocal. And like Alice Glass is just like, you know, like historic and like in so many ways, like just like a lot of like Alice Glass and like Crystal Castles is just like, you know, kind of legendary, especially, I mean, especially in Canada um, or uh, Toronto specifically. I don't know. I'm not really sure where exactly Crystal Castles was like popping the most, but like all I can say is that it's like a, a huge nostalgia and like a huge kind of like like credible a credible uh type of music you know and so it was cool to like do something with Alice Glass as well but yeah basically it all happens randomly like I just find them I usually just find people myself honestly the times that it hasn't been found myself and through management is usually when I don't actually love the vocal but I I I still do something with it like you know what I mean but if I find them myself you know that I like really love the artist but like sometimes you know it's good to like it's good to like branch out and like and, and challenge yourself with like you know some like uh, a suggestion made by like a management team you know what I mean so yeah I get that yeah um what was it like with uh with Silverstein and and Polyphia 
just because I, oh. I love I love the two of them already and the fact that like you kind of add them to your mix like I feel like that uh that whole session or that that process was probably insane yeah it was pretty it was it was uh it was actually insane but in ways that maybe I don't know it's kind of hard to okay so basically I started the instrumental um I started the instrumental like a while ago maybe like a year or something ago like that and originally my plan was I'm going to make an instrumental and I'm going to send it to Tim Henson because I've seen him like on the internet before and like I like Polyphia I've like listened to like a bunch of their stuff and like obviously it's just like super cool very like intricate sounding unique they have their own sound everything like that plus he just seems like a cool guy I was like it'd be sick if I made a song had Tim play guitar on it and then I and, and then I wanted to get all these Sykes on it to sing on it that would so be amazing. Yeah, I know. But then, <laughs> so then I sent it to Tim. Tim was down. He was like super quick. And like, we kind of just like got his guitars in there and like all that stuff, finished this instrumental. And then I sent it to Ollie Sexton. Like he was like in, but it was like, like if he's like, basically I won't be able to get to this until like much later in the year and all this stuff. And like, you would, you, I, I was like down to be patient and stuff and wait, but at the same time, there was this like uncertainty of whether anything would ever ac actually come through with the song. And I didn't want to like, just scrap the song and forget about it because like, there was like a pause in finding a vocal or, or waiting for a vocal, you know what I mean? And also he's so busy. And especially now I'm like seeing like BMTH is like so busy right now on tour. Like there's no way he would have like probably like had time to like really do this or, and maybe if he like loved, loved the song like crazy, he would have done it. But like the urgency didn't feel like it was fully there. So I was like, okay, that's, that's totally cool. So I started kind of looking at other artists, like try and like sing on it and stuff like that. And then yeah, Silverstein, Silverstein, I, I I noticed that they actually had messaged me on um, Instagram like a lot. Or wait, I'm kind of kind of trying to remember if it was Silverstein. I, they either followed me or like I can't remember. I, I'm kind of getting a couple bands confused because like a couple bands followed and like messaged me. I just don't know who it was, but like Silverstein, I was actually a fan of like growing up. Like I like listened to a bunch of Silverstein growing up and like. Um, and so it felt nostalgic for me and I, and I was like yeah this could be sweet and then they seemed super hype about it which that hypes me up I like when people are like really excited about something that's when you know it's gonna like get done and it's gonna get like finished quickly I'm very like like to get things done fast and like move on to the next because when I don't finish a song and it's just sitting incomplete it's really hard for me to like start on other things like it's like this weird like it's like I mean, I, I definitely don't have OCD, but like, it almost feels like a, a, a small case of OCD in a way. Cause it's like, I don't like the idea of having unfinished projects sitting on my computer. Like it makes me like kind of tweaky. So like, I like the feeling of finishing things. So um, anyways, they were super down, they hopped on it and yeah, I was, I was waiting for them for a little bit to record the vocals in like a proper, like, you know, proper like studio recording. And then they did it and then it got done. And then yeah, it was pretty chill. The only thing that took like a really, really long time for me was like the mixing for that song. Like I mixed and mastered that one. And it was seriously like the hardest song I've ever mixed, like by far. Like, I don't know why, but like something about, like there's so many reasons actually. There's so many aspects about it that was like, that made it difficult to mix. Like there's just, there were so many clashing of frequencies like all in this like certain range and so it was so difficult to like get everything sitting correctly for a while and like 
don't know, but that was like the, probably the most tedious part for me, but I, I got it to a point where I'm like happy with it now. So it's like, it's, it, I'm, I'm good with it now. And uh, yeah. <laughs> How long did that take you to, to kind of finalize it? And I, and I feel like the, I feel like the main issue was uh, Tim's guitars. <laughs> well, Tim's guitars were actually pretty, ch that like, that was like a little bit challenging a, a tiny bit, but like, I ended up kind of just like getting it done. It was like, it was like fine with that. But I mean, from starting the track until actually getting it done, like I would say it did take about like eight months or so like wow. not working on it consistently obviously but rather just like I'd work on it here I'd get to a place and then I'd get, get sent the vocal and then I'd get to a place and then I'd like try it and then I'd open it again and like try and mix it down like it was like it, it wasn't like you know when I say eight months it's not like I was like working on it every day but it's rather just like there's let's just say within that eight months there's plenty of times that I thought the song was done and then I was like never mind let's put it that way like you know what I mean it was like thinking it's done and being like oh it's good it's good like it was like month one I was like oh it's done and I was like oh never mind it's not done and it's like you just keep changing things you keep fixing things whatever whatever um so yeah it, usually stuff that like songs don't take that long for me but the thing is when when you're incorporating other like collaborators and stuff and like you're waiting for a vocalist or you're waiting for you know any sort of live instruments like that's like a whole other like that's a that's just uh naturally a time-consuming thing you know what I mean because it's like you can't, you can't, like, if I'm just making an instrumental from start to finish, it never takes me usually longer than, like, just a couple days, you know what I mean? But it's, like, if you have to have a vocalist on it or anything like that, it's just, it's just naturally going to take longer, obviously, right? Because it's, like, then you got to wait for someone else to, like, record vocals or, and all that. So, yeah, it's, it's, I, it, it takes some patience for sure. <laughs> when you, when you say that you just let the vocalists do their thing or their engineers do their thing, do you, like, for this EP, like, did you have like any input on like how you wanted certain vocal ranges or certain tones or certain like where like the type of cadence that you wanted with this with the music or did you just literally like let them like do their thing? That's a good question because now at the moment I feel like I would have a lot more input on those kinds of things, but with this specific project, no, I did allow the vocalists to fully do what they do, and I actually really like what they did, you know, and like wouldn't change anything like if anything there's like certain songs that I had to kind of be like oh I kind of think like maybe like the highs are a little bit high here or or um the s's are a little bit like you know like needing of like a ds -er or something like that like there's like little comments I made here and here and there but in regards to like you know the melody of the vocal or or anything like that um for this specific one it just I was good. I was good with like what, where, where they had it, where, where all the vocalists wanted their like vocals to sound like and all that. Um, so yeah, specifically with these songs, no, but it's funny because some stuff I'm working on right now, that's not that is like, I'm, I'm more having more input on like many of many opinions on, you know, certain things that should or shouldn't be the chorus or whatever, you know what I mean? But yeah, I guess I got lucky in regards to this one where the vocalists just kind of like, I, I enjoy what they did. So what was the writing process like? Was that something that you were active with? Or again, this was another thing for them to to kind of handle full, like the, full on. The writing process as in lyrics? Lyrics, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not a lyric person. Um, That's definitely, that's more of like, once again, like a vocal person, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like a, I'm just like a producer at the end of the day. Like, I'm just yeah. like a whatever you want to call that. But yeah, I don't do the writing. It's funny once again, and now I'm, I'm finding myself giving more input on <laughs> lyrics and stuff now, you know what I mean? 
but yeah, I feel like with like Alice Glass and stuff like that, like I'm definitely not going to be like, uh, Alice Glass, maybe like don't write that lyric. Like I kind of trust in the process that mm. I, 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 I really think the thing about me, this kind of goes across the board, not just in creation of music, but also in uh, my touring life. It's like I do what I do, like what my position is, is I make music and I mix I mix music, I master music, I love creating music, and then I perform my life, my live shows, right, but then I have, I have guys that I travel with, like my tour manager, and my, my lighting guy, and my visual guy, they have an, a, a, my visual guy specifically has an idea of what I want, as obviously I've, you know, I've made that very clear, but at the same time, I let him do his job, right, right, because like, I'm not a visual guy, I'm a, I'm like a producer, right, so um, something I, I really like to do is like I trust people who are a master at what they do. So if I'm working with a vocalist, I trust that they're a master at what they do because this is the craft that they hone in on and I, I don't do that. So I trust them. Whereas like I'm a producer and I trust myself in that. And, and when it comes to like my performances, I, I construct my sets and perform my sets and I trust myself in that. But as, as for my lighting guy and my visual guy, I let them have their creative, their creative and artistic um, expression sort of in their own way, while obviously still accommodating my general vision, obviously. We all, they, and, and, and thankfully, in my case with my team, my vision aligns very smoothly with, you know, their artistic visions as well. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I love that you mentioned earlier on that like this was like an evolution for you um, as far as like the sound goes and even like your style going back to that. But um, like I'm curious because like I feel like since early on, since your Insurrection EP like and to now, like the like you've constantly kind of evolved sonically and like, you know, your performance, everything, you know, the whole package. What would you say has been like the biggest uh, evolution that you've noticed throughout these years? Oh, by far, my sets have gotten so much better. My performances have gotten so much better without question. Like when the thing is, is when I, when I, I, you know, as for my music, whether it's gotten better or not, it's hit or miss. Sometimes I make amazing songs. Sometimes they're okay. It's like, you know, not everything's an absolute smash. Like I consider like some of my old stuff, extremely amazing too, even though I made it when I was like 20, you know what I mean? And it's like, so I would say, uh, making a good song could happen at any point, at any level of producer that that you are, like in in a way, like it could happen so randomly that you make a good song. But something that's really evolved for me way more is my live show. Like in regards to like, for, so so with DJing, like when I first started making music at eighteen, I had already been whipped onto the road two years later. Right. So I went from like zero shows, chilling in my parents' basement, working on music nonstop to all of a sudden getting a manager, getting a booking agent and being thrown onto the road the next month, having like 10 shows the next month. Right. So me being this like producer person that just like wants to make music and like, you know, and, and feel guilty when I'm not doing it. I don't do, I'm not like that anymore. I used to feel that way a lot. I used to feel really guilty when I wasn't working on music. But all of a sudden I get thrown into that life like. I, I didn't have any real experience in clubs, uh, venues, performance. I had, I was just like, all right, guess I'm just rolling with it and just going to like figure it out along the way. Right. And so in regards to like transitions, in regards to like 
uh, edits, like making unique edits to my songs or having like, you know, a flow in my set and like a certain strategy in my set in regards to like the way I build my set and like what, what is, you know, most high impact and like what, how I want my set to flow with the high energy and then like changing it up, all that. Basically my point is I think I've indisputably and I think everyone would agree that like has been following me along the journey would agree that my actual DJing and in regards to like the mixes like the transitions the the fluidity of my set is without question so much better now than it was over the previous years and that just comes with I think time and like patience and like actually also having the time <laughs> like even having the time to like sit down and like not be like uh, for example right now literally in between this call I'm working on my uh Red Rock shows I have two unique sets right so I'm working on these two sets and my set my actual performance isn't until uh, uh like probably about uh, about two months from now but I like to start on it like pretty early because like I want the time to think about the order of the songs I'm playing and the transitions of the songs that I'm playing. And these songs will be played that night and these songs will be played the other night. I'm kind of learning that that can't really be rushed if you want it to be a really fluid like set. And maybe at least for me, other people can maybe, I don't know. I actually just asked my friend, I had actually just asked Subtronics because I actually literally just texted I was like, I was like asking you this because I know you're a smart man. So say you're about to start from scratch on a brand new set. What's your process? I find that I'm slow sometimes with this and it feels tedious putting the puzzle together, especially when planning two unique sets. Is there a certain method you use that speeds the process? I'm actually actively trying to learn how to speed the process up because it takes, and, and when I say it takes long, I don't say, I don't mean it literally takes like, like like month, it could take months, but it depends how much you're putting in each day. If I wanted to like put eight hours into it each day, and that's the thing is that I can't do that. My brain capacity shuts down after like two hours of like working on a sound. Like, okay, I need to do something else. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's been interesting. Like it's a process and I try to get ahead of it really far in advance. So I have that time to like figure out like what, you know, what works, what doesn't work. And it's crazy. Cause I look back at my sets, even just a couple of years ago, I, cause I see all my playlists uh, on my record box where I see, you know, EDC 2019, like, you know, all this stuff. And I look at my sets and I'm like, some of these transitions, I'm like, how did I even get away with that? Like, honestly, like, it's like, it's not that they were a train wreck, but it's just, it's not that they were, it's not that there were any train wrecks per se. It's just that it was, it's just feels like I didn't fully think more and more in depth of okay these songs could mesh together or you know I, I wasn't thinking uh so deeply about how things could be you know like really blend and sound like there's two songs playing at the same time and it sounds seamless like I didn't think about that that, that before now I care a lot and so now yeah that I would say has without question improved and I, I plan to continue improving and like learning more about about that um yeah. And I also want to mention, like, I don't even fully see myself as like a DJ per se, because like, if you were to put me in like a nightclub, like that John Summit plays, like I would not be able to wing, like, I'm not like a wing a set type person. Like I'm like, I, I care a lot about cohesion and like 
um, high impact in regards to like a visual and audio experience that just can't be like winged on the fly, you know what I mean? Uh, and be like super cohesive. So like, it takes me, yeah, it takes me some time to consider that. It's more of like a, I really do view it as like a sort of like a performance as opposed to like a DJ set. Do you know what I mean? So like, it's kind of like, you know, Beyonce is about to play and she has her whole set list planned out and like everything's planned out. Each, each song has a cue, each, each, song has a different lighting a different visual you know I care about that the the people that I am inspired by are people like that so that goes to like Eric Prids that goes to Dead Mouse that goes um Porter Robinson Maddian you know people like that I'm really inspired by because like their show is like a whole ass thing you know what I mean like it's just like damn like this is dialed you know like that's what I want it's definitely an experience and I feel like that's what allows them to have uh that lifelong journey uh with the yeah. music whether they create new material or not like I feel like that's what can make or break like that kind of uh that career uh, yeah. in a sense um going back to this EP just because it's, it's literally right around the corner like uh, I know you mentioned a dream state was one of the tough, toughest songs to kind of finalize but what would you say was the like the hardest thing for you the biggest challenge on this EP as a whole um as a whole I would say there was a uh, like this one week pre like last like, like a few weeks ago I had this like random like few days where I was like really overthinking the entire EP and I think it's like a very normal artist thing to do right before you put something out you're like do I even like, should I even put this out? Like, it's like, like, there, I saw like Chris Lake make a tweet about this the other day, like where he was like, like literally an artist's journey is like, it, it's like you love, you start, you're working on a song, you love a song, then you hate the song. Then you go back to it six months later. Now you love the song again, and then you hate it again, and then you love it. And then it's about to come out and you, you're like, nah, I hate it. And then it comes out and you're like, actually, I like it. And it's like, it's like this, this like artist thing where you like, I think it's nature to sometimes just overthink your releases and overthink, you know, whether you're going to like alienate a certain audience. I think honestly, the hardest part of this was that random few days of self-doubt because like self-doubt is just like such a not good feeling. Like you want to like trust yourself and like you want to like trust your judgment and trust the, the natural trajectory of like whatever way your art wants to go. Like you should just do what feels natural and like not have to think so much about will this fan like it will that fan like it well like you know because like a lot of my fans know me like for really trippy weird like hypnotic instrumentals which don't get me wrong that's always going to be a part of me and I'm always going to make that stuff because not because they want me to but because like it's it's to my core what I'm most inspired by but at the same time like I branched out and like made this like kind of punk project right and like that was not scary while I was making it, but it's scary when I'm about to put it out. Cause I'm just like, wow, like this is really different. This is a seven track EP with seven vocals on a song on, on a, on a record. I've never done that before. Like even with my last project or sorry, even for example, Nightmare on Registry is like all instrumental songs. And then in regards to uh, my Spiral album, it was like a, a combination of two. So it's like at least the fans that didn't like the like, you know, super vocal songs like Sacrificial or Taste of You with Dove Cameron, they at least had a bunch of trippy songs to fall back on and be like, oh, well, at least you put out like Spun and like Levitate and like trippy songs that they can like, you know, like feel like they still have that like trippy res kind of like connection to. 
but with this it was like different because it's like this is all vocal songs this is definitely more on the punk aesthetic um and so yeah I would say that was the hardest part is like the acceptance that change is like literally inevitable and that you will either just um allow the fear to like close you off and not share your music with the world or you kind of just have to like you know accept that you've you you've done something different and to like own it and just like roll with it you know that was that was the trickiest part and it was really unexpected because I had never felt that way before like everything previously was so safe like you know what I mean like I was like oh well this is safe this is safe this is safe I have put out some like questionable like you kind of out like you know left field singles along the way which made me a little bit nervous but yeah with this it, it felt yeah I felt nerve-wracking in that way because I I had never really done something that was like and I, I'm not even saying this EP is like so different from my usual because like obviously you can still always hear me in there like some like whether it be in the melodies whether it be in like you know the basses or the like you know certain kind of rhythms but in the BPM obviously but um but yeah, either way, like it's not crazy of a stretch, but it, it still felt like a stretch for me. I'm excited for them to listen to this on, on the 20th of July. Uh, and I'm super excited for this. For, I mean, I love every track that you've done. I, I love that you stepped out of your comfort zone for this. Um, and I'm definitely excited for more from you. Um, hopefully you and I are next time you're in LA, we can reconnect in person because I'd really love to like dive in more about your oh, like yeah. studio process as well. So uh rez thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me sweet thank you that was that was chill hey it's rob again if you enjoyed this interview please follow for more and i invite you to head over to my youtube channel front row live ent where i have thousands of video interviews with my favorite new and established artists once again thank you for tuning in and have a great night